When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 93 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I'm Johnny Cullen, joined alongside Dwayne Stonell, as always. Dwayne, it is a great day to do this interview. We are recording live um, right now uh, while Buffalo is playing Florida. Maybe some foreshadowing there to our guests. Um, We are very lucky to be joined by a pair of Northeastern Huskies, Justin Ritzkoian and his team. Hold on, hold on. Don't say his name. Don't say his name. Okay. We're going to bring Justin. Justin. Justin Here comes with the Hold on. There he is, Justin. You know, know, buddy, thanks for for hopping on the show. Justin Ritzkoian forward had a phenomenal freshman season with the Northeastern Huskies. Uh, And also, uh, you know, again, not to take anything away from Justin, but uh, hold on. Hold on. What's, what's, What's going on? Hold on. Hold on. Why is it Thanks for hopping on the program with us, bud. Um, I appreciate you coming on. I thought no more of a fitting way with The Undertaker going into the WWE Hall of Fame the other day than to bring in another future Hall of Famer and Devin Levi onto the program. Uh, thanks for hopping on with us, bud. Oh, oh, he's muted. The mute monster got him. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we got the mute monster. Gotcha. Uh, not a problem, man. I, I'm a big I'm a big wrestling fan. Uh, I, whenever we have someone on, I always – 
try and be creative with the way we bring them in. And uh, yeah, you know, I thought the whole system crashed there for a sec. I wasn't sure what was going on with those people. <laughs> I tried to I tried to play the uh, the old good old Jr. thing, and it's like, oh my god, here comes Devin Levi. But uh, corny. I know it's corny as shit, but you know, you know, I'm corny, so. Hey boys, appreciate you being here. Obviously, you guys go way back. Um, both grew up around the Montreal area, right? Yep. So, I mean, to, to be teammates at such a young age and then, you know, everybody – I try to explain to parents all the time, every player has their own path, right? And obviously, you know, Justin, with you taking the, the prep school route, ending up in the USHL, having a couple great years at Cedar Rapids, Devin, you going that the CCHL route, um, you know, having a stellar showing at the, the World Juniors, um, and then for you guys to end up back as teammates at Northeastern, uh, fill us in a little bit about that. How cool is that to be back, you know, with your childhood teammates? That doesn't happen often, and uh, it's got to be a special feeling, no? Dev, you can go for it. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. You know, I've known this guy since uh, I was like, we were like five, six years old, so um, we've been stuck with each other our whole career, and um, you know, there's no one else I'd rather be stuck with. He's a great hockey player, um, even better teammate, even even better roommate. We live together now, so um, it's kind of cool how like our whole relationship evolved. Um, you know, like we were on the same team ten years ago, and um, we've been on the same team almost every year since. So um, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that uh, we ended up back together um, with everything that's happened in between. But um, with Dev being committed to other colleges and stuff like that, so it was a long way to get here. But uh, all those years we played together were a treat, and you know maybe I took uh, took it for granted what it was like to have such a good goalie for all those years. Um, never really had to worry about that position, but uh, yeah, no, it was a good guy to live with, and uh, it's pretty messy though. But uh, all right. Hey, I can I can I can say for the for for on the record that I was a, a good roommate, but I was definitely a messy roommate. So Deb, you're not the only goalie to have that going at for that you. Age, at that age, man, we're all pretty. We're all pigs. We're all pigs, honestly. Like yeah, I've, been on, I mean, I've been on my own since I was 21, and I got I used to get yelled at. I, one of the biggest mistakes I made, and I, we're still you know best friends to this day, but was living with my friends, like my close friends, because you really, you really learn a lot about the people you thought you knew a lot about when you live with them. And, uh, I used to get yelled at all the time for, you know, even so much as leaving my dishes in the sink and not washing them. I used to start all out wars in our house and, uh, mowing the lawn stuff like that. It just, yeah. But, um, throw in a, a, f- a full hockey schedule and the yeah. early bus trips getting back at 4am and it's a whole different animal, Dwayne. Um, boys, I want to ask you really quick, uh, before we get into, you know, stuff more recent, you guys had the chance to play in the Quebec Pee Wee tournament? Yeah, we did. We did, yeah. Take me back, what was that, eight years ago? What was that like? Obviously, you guys close being from Montreal. Um, cool to play in front of family and friends. How'd you guys do? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was pretty exciting. Obviously, everyone talked about the, the Quebec tournament and uh, – Fortunately for us that year, um, we were probably like one of the worst teams in the whole province that year. Um, our team was not great at all. And, you know, our first, your first game, you get to play on the big stage or whatever. And we got like blown out eight nothing. Like it was like really bad. Like it, like it was terrible, terrible experience. We got blown out. We lost our second game. We were done just like that. But uh, it was still cool to play in that building. 
Yeah, that, it, it was really cool. It was kind of like the first like big stage, like Ritz said, that um, we've ever played in. I remember, so I, I looked back at the video um, just recently, and I look at myself, I'm the smallest guy in my eyes by like a foot and a half. It's still are, bro. It's still are. Still are. <laughs> was, hey, I, small goalies united. Right. Yeah, and it was, it was pretty cool, like, watching, because, like, back, like, in my memory, like, I felt like I, I knew what I was doing. Like, I felt like I was a good goalie, and, like, I felt like we were playing, like, the best level of competition. Now, looking back, we're at, like, four foot. Like, no one knew what they were doing. So, it was pretty, it was pretty funny looking back and how much, like, we've grown since then. Well, I'm sure you guys have seen it. There's that video of, I think it's, the what, the Brick Tournament with, like, Stamkos and, like, um, and I uh, wanted to say that the, the goalie, I don't know, it was Stammer going, like, one-on-one with uh, Eberly, and then Jones was one of the goalies, and I, I, they've shown it a few times. It's just cool to look back and – and you see these guys back when we, we were little kids, and we have this idea in our head of what it was, and then it's completely different when you watch the hockey. Always a fun trip down memory lane. Um, we, uh, you know, you guys obviously took different paths. I wanted to ask you first, Evan, um, the CCHL, uh, for those that don't know, it's it's in, in the Ottawa Valley region, uh, the Central Canadian Hockey League. Uh, doesn't get nearly the respect it deserves. You're rocking the Carlton Place Canadians. Hat, uh, tell us a little bit about your your time there and when, what led you to there. Yeah, so um, I had a great time there. I thought that that year itself was a, a really big year for my career and for my development. Um, you know, it was it was good competition, and I don't I do agree it doesn't get the respect that it deserves, and a lot of people do think that um, it's not a, it's not an amazing junior league. Um, but I thought it was good, and um, I never let that get to my head. I told myself that. Um, you know what, I'm not too good for this league until I'm getting shutouts every game. And um, that's not the case. So every game I went in and every day, every practice I went in to, went on the ice thinking about how I could get better and try and improve myself. And, um, you know, I never put myself above the league or above any of my teammates. Um, there's always something to prove. There's always something to get better at. Um, and that was my mentality that I had um, every day and how I got there. So my coach, Jason Clark in Carlton Place, yeah, um, he's a great coach. Clarky's um, awesome. A, yeah, Clarky's the best. He's a big reason for the success of Carlton Place the past 10 years. Um, so he came to watch me in Midget, um, and he had offered me to come in after my second year Midget AAA Lions. I decided to stay back um, to uh, to go to Carlton Place. I mean, to go to go back for my third year Lions. And then after that year, I decided to go to Carlton Place. And at that time, my only options were um, to compete for a, to compete for a starting spot, I wasn't guaranteed the starting spot. I had to earn it um, in Carlton Place or to be a third string goalie in the BCHL. So those were my two options at the time, and I'm happy I went with uh, CP, and everything turned out well. Uh, and I'm sure the the fans of Carlton Place were happy too. You mentioned you know until you that mindset of until I get a shutout every game, you know I'm not satisfied, and I'm sure the Sabers faithful will be happy to hear that. Um, but you know, one four seven goals against average, nine forty one save percentage, thirty four two and one. Not a big deal for the old boy. A good season for you. Obviously, led to you know another great season uh, with World Juniors following up that next season. I know we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but I just wanted to take a trip down memory lane because I, I I've, I've interacted with Clarky in a limited level, but I know 
um, how much he meant to so many players that came through there. Um, and, and, and just the, what, what an influence it had on you for you to take that year and kind of make the leap you did. Right. And it's, it's impressive to see what you've done since then. Uh, Justin, going back to your career, tell us a little bit about how you ended up, you know, you guys, like you talked about playing for the lions together. When did it become apparent for you that Salisbury and, and prep hockey and, and playing elite U18 in the States was the best path for you that ultimately led you to Cedar Rapids? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's fitting to first mention the Lions when we talk about me or even Devin. Um, they've done so much for us since we were uh, eight or nine years old. We played summer tournaments all the way through, and then our Pee Bantams, all with them, all with the same, like, kind of staff. Everyone's looking down on you. When you get to the midget level, like, that's a big deal. That's what we always dreamed of playing, and um, – me and Devin were lucky enough to uh, make the team as uh, first-year players, and that was, like, a big deal, and we were so excited. That was, like, the NHL for us. And uh, when we got there, it was a great staff, and um, John Goins is a head coach. Um, to this day, my favorite coach, best coach I've ever had, um, one of the smartest guys I know in hockey, hardest working, and um, I'm sure he's going to end up somewhere great eventually. Um, and he was always – a player's guy. He looked out for us. It was never really about winning at that level. It's developing, developing guys to the next level, keeping them, keeping their best interests at heart. And uh, he always promoted the college game. Well, he obviously promoted the major junior, gave both options. Um, for guys like us, we were definitely later bloomers, need time to develop. And uh, the college row was one that was pretty easy, easy for me to latch onto with guys like Alex Kalorn, who came from the same program, Jeremy Davies, Mike Matheson, and, and more guys. So, um, for some reason, prep school is always something I want to do with the education aspect. My parents were big on the, the lifestyle there. I thought it could be big for me as a guy, as a man. And obviously, uh, learned a lot off the ice there, too. And Salisbury was probably top-notch, probably the best place to go. I always wanted to go there. So I, I remember my first visit to Salisbury, and I, I fell in love, too. Like, yeah, I visited the Gunnery, visited Avon, visited Berkshire with their new rink back in the day. But there's something special about Salisbury. And you see that with the players that come out of there. Um, you obviously did well putting up 45 points in 26 games. Um, not a big deal. Also, um, seems like the lions are doing something right in their development with you two. Um, your time in Cedar Rapids. Um, I know you guys both kind of had to deal with the COVID shortened season in your own way. Just both the question for both of you. I, I can't imagine dealing with that still playing the game. I would have gone stir crazy. I would have lost my mind. You know, obviously there's bigger problems in the world, but just as hockey players, you know, what was that like for you um, dealing with that shortened season? Um, and then, and you know, how did you allow yourself to still train and, and put yourself in the position where you guys had the seasons you had this year? Yeah. Yeah, so go me personally. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, me personally, um, I kind of I, I kind of liked that first, like that COVID – um, was not letting us play games because so I was I was in I was in at Northeastern last year, and so we were supposed to play in October and we got into September. So I would have had a month of practices before I hopped in my first game. And what COVID allowed me to do is practice with the team for three to four months. So I got four months every day practice with those guys, which was a really big reason for um, why I was able to adapt to the level so quickly and. Um, that those four months were huge for my development. I didn't play any games, but those practices um, helped me improve a lot. And I was ready to go to World Juniors after that, after those four months. Even not having played any games, just the practicing was so valuable. I 
I got way better technically on the ice. So it was kind of blessing in disguise for me. And it helps you, it helps you build that culture on the team, right? Like, you know, not going into, not going into games right away, just being able to be around your teammates, whether it's in the gym in the locker room, I know there's COVID restrictions and everything, but you know, helping to build that, that family atmosphere, the culture, getting to know your teammates more intimately, like that has to be huge in terms of like, you know, you know, team morale, building the team and, you know, and that, that matters in terms of in success, right? Like having confidence in each other, you know, and then carrying yourself into the season with a certain type of swagger as you guys did. Yeah, for sure. We weren't able to go out or do anything around campus. So all day, every day, we were just with the boys. We'd get together at nights. Um, and we were just one group. So it was good. Uh, it was good for, it was good for a team culture. And, you know, this year was also really, really good for a team culture and the culture is starting to get way better in Northeastern. Fortnite guys, are you guys, are you guys uh, on, on the Fortnite? I mean, I, I don't play video games, but that's always been, at least back then, I think that was the game, right? Fortnite or, uh, you know, whatever you guys seem to be doing. Yeah, yeah back Fortnite in the day, was pretty big a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't play video games, but I always like that, that. That would always be the thing. Like when I on social media is like, what's your gamer tag? You know, guys are always uh, screwed on on Fortnite. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Fortnite was the game, but uh, I'm a big NHL player now. That's that's all I play NHL. Devin, you're Devin, you're muted. I'm back. There you go. Mute monster got him. Uh, so, Devin, we talked a little bit about, you know, and, and Ritzy, you too, about dealing with COVID year. Um, but for you, Devin, personally, being able to practice with, 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 the, with the team and then, you know, going into the selection process for World Juniors, I just remember my time, you know, being an American and just how big a deal you guys obviously know growing up in Montreal, but World Junior time is is its own animal, right? Like, I, that's what I loved about being my time in Ontario is, you know, at, right after Boxing Day, it's boom, we're right into the tournament. Devin, take me through that process of going into the selection camps. I know they do the, you know, hockey uh, development with uh, like the, the elite goaltenders in Canada that summer. And then you have to go to, you know, main camp and it slowly trickles its way down into the group you're playing with. Uh, obviously, you had phenomenal tournament, put up some unreal numbers. 0.75 goals against in seven games with a 946 save percentage. We're talking about some all-time numbers um, and, you know, walking away with with a medal, um, things that are, few people get to experience in, in this game of hockey. Um, take me through it if you can, just what that whole experience was like coming in, battling through the COVID and, and the shortened season, and then getting to Northeastern like you touched on, but really just what it was like to don the Maple Leaf and represent your country. Yeah, I mean, those were probably the best few months of my life. Um, it was really cool because, you know, growing up in Montreal, growing up in Canada, you throw on World Junior. Every family in, in the whole country throws on World Juniors at around Christmas time. And if you don't, it's like, what are you doing? It's like culture here. Everyone yeah. watches it. So um, to be a part of that was really, really cool. And, you know, I felt like I had the support of the whole country. And um, it was, it's awesome. It's a, it's a really good feeling to put on the Maple Leaf. And so like my process throughout that whole thing, it was, it was cool. Cause I wasn't invited to the, to the summer camp. They had their five goalies invited to the summer camp and I wasn't one of them. And then, um, a few months went by and around, uh, around, uh, November, September, I got a call that they, they just swapped, um, one of the goalies. They took one of their five goalies out and they just threw me in just because they wanted to give me a chance. 
Um, and it was kind of out of nowhere. So I was really lucky that they had made that swap. And um, going in, I wasn't playing any games because of COVID, whereas, um, you know, the major junior league games were on. And I was coming from um, the CCHL, and I don't think I don't think one player has ever played, maybe one um, player has played in World Juniors from the CCHL. So I was an underdog going in. They, I don't think they thought I was going to make the team. They were just kind of giving me a chance, letting me come try out, seeing if there's anything there. And um, I kind of embraced that mentality. Like, I really wanted to make that team. I wanted to prove to them that, um, you know, like I'm a seventh-round draft pick playing with first-rounders, but I can still compete at this level. And, you know, I was I was on a mission to try to make that team and take the spot and run with it. And um, I just showed up every day. I, I worked as hard as I could. And um, I think I, I, I willed my way into making that happen. So um, it was a really cool experience. And obviously it wouldn't have happened with uh, the staff there and the goalie coach, Jason Mubarba, believing in me and helping me develop there. Um, our head coach, Andre Torney, also believed in me. And that was I'm super grateful for that. Um, and, you know, I'm grateful for my Northeastern coaching staff letting me leave and go pursue that, even though um, I wasn't guaranteed anything and it could have been a waste of a few months and missing games from the team. But they let me go chase that dream. And um, it was just a really, really good experience that I'm super grateful for. We had on Andre Turigny on the show uh, pre the Jack Quinn draft, when the Buffalo drafted Jack Quinn. Uh, it was speculated they, they would either go Marco Rossi or Jack Quinn out of Ottawa uh, in the O. And uh, I, I, I vividly remember him actually, I think, maybe even speaking on you uh, in, in, and what you brought to the table in terms of goaltending. And um, but that whole, you know, um, it was uh, it was said that Roberto Luongo played a huge uh, role in you getting you drafted to Florida and that he saw something in you. Uh, you know, that maybe nobody else saw because let's, let's face facts. Cully, me, how many times he talked about this? Like height is everything in goaltending. Like, you know, you can't, you, you can't teach size. So when you're a smaller goaltender, you're already at a disadvantage in terms of even getting people to take you seriously. So, you know, what was it? Well, you know, what was it about your game in those conversations that maybe you had with Lou that maybe, maybe, uh, you know, attracted him to you and maybe, you know, where did you guys have, Maybe in that drafting process, did you have conversations with Lou before Florida eventually drafted you, or um, did he really go out, you know, st- stick his neck out to, to get you into Florida's uh, organization? Yeah, so I had never talked to Florida before I got drafted. I was it was a surprise to me that they chose me because um, I talked to to a few teams, but Florida wasn't one of them. Um, so coming down to the end of the draft, I was like, ah, I guess this is it. I guess it's it's no go this year. Um, and then Florida, I see my name on the screen. Um, and that was a really cool feeling, especially, um, you know, I grew up going to, to vacation in Florida every year during Christmas. So it was, uh, it was really cool. And, you know, Luongo gave me a call right after the draft. And he said, like, I watched like a crazy amount of video on you. And like, I believe in you. Um, like, we're really happy to have you in the organization. And so it was kind of – Florida gave him the pick. They kind of said, Lou, take our, our seventh-round pick and do what you want with it, um, see if you can get someone. And, you know, I'm super grateful that he chose me and he believed in me. And working with him for, uh, for the, the – I think, mean, like, the eight months I was, I was with the organization was really, really cool. I was working with him and his brother, um, and we kind of had, like, a little – goalie uh goalie connection triangle going on like 
um, I really, really liked them and uh, they, they liked me also. And it was, it was really cool to be a part of that. And when I got traded, I don't think, I think it was out of um, Luongo's, Roberto's control. Um, and he was pretty sad. Like we had a pretty emotional phone call um, when, uh, when I got traded. So I was, I was just really happy to be able to work with him um, for those eight months and have conversations with him. He helped me a lot during the World Juniors also. Um, he was giving me advice because he went through it. He told me to have fun and to enjoy it. It's once in a lifetime, and that's what I did. And um, he helped me have success there, so I was really grateful for that. That's a really cool piece, uh, and, and Dwayne, awesome research on that. Uh, but just to hear, like, I, I grew up idolizing Lou, and I'm not a Canadian mm-hmm. goaltender, nor am I six foot three. But he, just the way he approached the game, the way he was in the media, the way he was within the communities he played. It's hard not to like the guy. And then with his Twitter account, um, Strombone <laughs> One and everything. Oh, it's, it's, it's just, electric. Uh, it's just awesome that you got to be able to experience that. I know, obviously, like you said, probably emotional to leave. I can tell you this. I know the Buffalo, Buffalo Sabres faithful are, are extremely excited to have you in, in our system. Um, and, you know, God willing, you know, hopefully – we see you here sooner rather than later. I know that's not on your mind right now. You guys have to, you know, train to go back and hopefully put yourself in a position to win a national championship next year. Uh, question for both of you and Justin, maybe you could start. Um, when, when Devin was away at Olympics this year. To take us through that bean pot tournament. And, and you know, for those that don't know, what it is, so it's it's Northeastern, BC, BU, and is it UMass Lowell? Harvard. 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 So take us through what that was like this year. And I know, Devin, you, you were away with the Olympics. I know Dwayne wanted to get to that after this. But, Justin, take us through what that was like. I know we talked a little bit off air about, um, you know, some of the, the personal, you know, uh, adversity you went through. But just how special that tournament is and, and playing just in the Hockey East in general. Yeah, I mean, um, going to Northeastern, uh, the Bean Pot's a big uh... – a big boost uh, when you get recruited. That's a big, big reason why people want to go there, play on the, play in that stage, play in that environment against uh, rival schools like that. And um, we finally, I was finally able to get it done this year as a freshman. I was chomp, everyone's chomping at the bit to play in that. Um, like most exciting time of the year. Obviously, Jeff had to go to the Olympics, which was great for him. Like everyone obviously understood, and we were very supportive for him. And uh, TJ. Um, the backup goalie stepped in and did, did a great job for us. Um, which him too, he has, he has a great story. He, he was a walk on this year and um, now he's, he just got a, to transferring over to ASU to hopefully contend for the starting job there this year. And um, he took advantage of the opportunity to great. And as a team, uh, we won our first game against BC uh, electric craziest game I've ever played in to this day. Um, Really, really good time, and obviously the right. rivalry is just there. The gardens, right? It's at the Boston Garden. Yeah. It's at yeah. the Garden, and then the whole top top bowl is uh, usually all the, the student sections and stuff like that. They got our bands in the crowd going back and forth. So it's a very exciting game to play, and you got to keep your emotions intact. Unfortunately, we could get the job done in, uh, in the final game, but uh, there's always next year. So, Devin, is that something you circle on your calendar? You know, obviously – a bizarre or an abnormal year having you have, you know, getting the chance to represent the, the, the Maple Leaf again. I don't think, I, I don't know how you could turn that down. Um, talk a little bit about that experience and then, you know, what it means to, you know, potentially play for the Bean Pot Championship next year. 
Yeah, so, you know, the bean pot is something we've been talking about all year, and even last year because it was canceled. We're all looking forward to it and playing in the garden this year. Um, so it, it wasn't easy leaving the boys um, at that time of the year, um, especially because, you know, it was the big lead-up. That's what we were training for. That's what we were playing for. We were excited for that. Um, but the boys were really supportive. They understood that um, this is something that I really wanted to do, and it's been a dream since, um, you know, I was born. So they are really good with that, and my coaching staff let me leave, and um, I'm super happy that – I'm super grateful that I got the call. I got the opportunity um, to go to the Olympics and represent my country. Um, it was kind of crazy how it happened. I just saw on Instagram that, like, I might be one of the guys getting – getting the calls like, I didn't even know like, I didn't even know at the time that the NHL wasn't sending their players so I was like what, what? it was a Are shit show it was, it yeah, was, it was crazy show. <laughs> I, I I got noticed like within two weeks of leaving um so I just came out of nowhere it was absolutely insane and I, I couldn't not go I had to hop on in I had a great time there it was, it was one of the best months of my life when I was gone well what was the culture? What was the culture shock like going from obviously? I mean, I'm assuming you've never been to China, so um, no. <laughs> you know, like, what was that culture shock like, bud? Like, you know, you go from you know where you grew up, then you 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 go to a place like Boston. Like, I'm not gonna lie, dude. Like, this Massachusetts is one of my favorite places to visit. Um, I'm actually gonna make an attempt to go to the Frozen Four this weekend uh, to catch uh, either Thursday's and Saturday's game. If I can, I'm on vacation this weekend. It's just, I love that city so much. The food is impeccable. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. Um, I just, I, I love everything about the city of Boston outside of the Boston Bruins, but, uh, I, uh, you know, but what was that culture shock going like it's to go to a, a place like Beijing in terms, especially in the state the world has been in, in the last two years, like, what was that like? So I'd never been outside North America before this trip. Um, so we went to Switzerland first, and that was insane, like, seeing the mountains there. And I never really realized, like, how cool it was in Europe. Um, and then going to China, it was weird, like, stepping on the complete other side of the world. Um, and it was cool. It was, it was a really cool feeling. We went, we made a whole lap around the world going there and back. So um, it was it was it was weird to 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 circle the whole world in a month. Um, just like thinking about that blew my mind. It was, it was cool. It was really cool. And you know, Beijing was nice. Like the village was really really well done. Um, it was an awesome time in the village. Not a lot of COVID restrictions. They handled COVID pretty well. It was safe. Um, met a lot of people there. Met a lot of other Olympians. Picked their brains a little on on their path and what makes them the best in the world of what they do. Um, and just that was super valuable. It was, it was a really good time. What was it like playing with Owen Power? Now, obviously, you know, he's a first overall pick from Buffalo, a lot of hype around him. And then he played pretty well for Team Canada at the Olympics, you know, getting to practice with a kid like him, just give us fans in Buffalo here insight on what it was like for you being, you know, again, a very hyped up, you know, a, a, a guy we have a lot of hype around, get, you know, practicing against a guy like him. Yeah, he's a man. I had a really good time with him. Um, meeting him was unreal. Him and Kent Johnson um, were two of my close buddies there. Um, all of us, like me, Kent, Owen, Jack McBain, and Mason McTavish, we were like a little group of young guys. And, um, you know, we, we got together like right when we got there because that kind of set us apart from the rest. We were the only guys under 22. So um, it was great being with them and having them. 
Um, you know, I've heard their names before and I never had the opportunity to meet them. So I was, we were roommates too, and being able to, to room and play with them um, was really cool. And, you know, the older guys were unbelievable. They were, they were like older brothers to us. Um, I'm an older brother personally, so it was really cool to be a younger brother for once. And, you know, all these guys have kids and they're married. So I felt like I was one of their kids and, you know, they <laughs> took us in really well. Um, I'm close. They're closer in age. to A lot of them are closer in age to my dad than they are to me. So it was it was a cool dynamic. I wasn't sure I was going to go um, just like within the locker room. So I, transitioning away from that, this is for both of you. You guys are a part of a very elite club with both of you being named to the Hockey East All-Rookie Team. Dwayne, give me a second. Let me just name off some names here. Like, uh, Jack Eichel, uh, Alex Tuck, uh, Charlie McAvoy, Cal Peterson, Thatcher Demko, Johnny Hockey, um, Connor Hellebuck, right? Trevor Rams, Ram, Van Riemsdyk. I can go down and down the list. Charlie Coyle. Being a part of that, both of you, like how special is that? Just your whole story, being able to play together at a young age, to end up at the same school, to end up being a part of such a prestigious group of players, right? And Jack Eichel's a part of that group. And, and you know, you know, like Alex Tuck is, and he's a big, big part, big fan favorite here for the Sabres now. Um, and, and you obviously recognize, you know, the other goalies in the list, Devin, a lot of, a lot of NHLers there. And same thing for you, Justin, to be a part of that elite company in your first year as, as, as an all rookie and, and, in my opinion, in the best conference in hockey. Uh, what What is that like? And what is it like for you guys as roommates and brothers to share that? Yeah, it's definitely a great feeling. I mean, um, like every, like where we're at now, like, it's just like, nothing feels real, you know, like as kids, like we look, we look at like college, we're like, oh my God, like that's a dream. Like that's so fun. Uh, those guys are so good, blah, blah, blah. And like now to finally be there and in the moment and, doing these things it's like it's such an honor and it's great to be able to do it with dev and um so happy for all his, his success and it's a treat to watch and have on my team forever and i'm just happy we could do it together and um we had good things coming uh with this northeastern team um and we're excited to run it back next year for sure yeah like ritz said um it was actually funny me and ritz we don't really about like individual accolades you know we're team guys we do it for each other we do it for the boys but I remember talking to him about um just like the rookie of the year stuff and um like we both like weren't like dying to win this it's an honor to be the rookie of the year but that's not why we do it but for me it was like I really want this guy to win it more than I want myself to win it like he earned the right to be on that list just showing up to the rink every day before everyone, leaving after everyone. Um, and, you know, he does things that other people don't do. He knows how to – he knows what he could provide to the team. And um, he does – he gets in the dirty areas. He, he does the dirty work that not a lot of people are willing to do. And he has that also – he has the other side of him where he's able to make the plays, able to shoot. He's a skilled player. I think he's just the full package. And um, for me, like mentally, he's just – yeah. He's just far beyond a lot of people. So I'm happy to see his name on that list. 
you say he said he sounds like you sounds like your agent right now, Rissy. Just trying to maybe try your old tires up. Should we should we should we try and get uh, GM Kevin Adams on the phone? Maybe? <laughs> get this guy, let's get this guy in blue and gold. I love it. I love a guy. I love a guy who plays a little bit of jam. Uh, what is uh, this? The only that? time. This is the only time Ritz will ever hear that out of my mouth. <laughs> exactly. We don't like saying this stuff to each other. It's just more uh, it's a one-time thing, you know. I sent him a Venmo before the start. Yeah, why. yeah. I had to <laughs> a what was uh, what was that like when you guys uh, first both decided to commit to Northeastern? Obviously, you grew up together. Was that conversations you had leading in? Like, did you guys both kind of focus on maybe trying if when you decide you wanted to play college hockey, maybe trying to go to the same school or just kind of just a, a coincidence thing? It just happened that way. Um, I guess I'll go. That's a good story. <laughs> All right. Story time. I love it. Uh, yeah. Well, um, like me and Dev, like um, playing midget hockey, like we're, we're having great years. Like that was like, that was my that was gonna be my last year in Montreal and I was looking to move on and um Dev was the best boy in the league that year. Um whatever. We were having great years and we're looking to move on to college and like, get that commitment. Like all these guys from the US our age are committing and everything and me and Dev were writing emails to every college, every college, hey, like this is my GPA, this is who I play for, these are my numbers, blah, 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 sending film, like blah, like we're trying to get like we're just trying to get an offer, trying to get something, like something and, like, we get in talks with like everyone and like, but like, like with some of them, some of them would write back, half of them wouldn't answer. We'd start conversations, but no one was ever willing to, to pull the trigger on us. And like, it just like kept us really hungry. And at, at that time, like, it wasn't like, Hey, like we had everything like school together. Like it was just like, I want something and I'm taking it, you know? And yeah. um, as time went on, like uh, Northeastern uh, offered me and, um, it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down. A guy like Jeremy Davies um, played for the Lions, and he went there. It was All-American stud, and um, we're pretty close, trained together in the summer, and he kind of told me such good things. And um, Dev eventually came a part of it. I think he could tell you his how, how he got there, but uh, it's pretty cool how it happened for him. Yeah, so so like Ritz said, like we were just kind of scrambling to get something. Um, you know, we're both guys that have been overlooked our whole careers. So, um, I, I finally got offered to, um, to go to Vermont and right when I got a scholarship, I took it right away. Uh, I've worked so long for it and it finally came. So I was like, I can't give this up. And I took it. And I think as time went on, I was really happy in Vermont, but there was a lot of moving pieces with the coaches and the team that ended up not being the right fit. Um, and you know, uh, so I decommitted, and um, Coach Madigan, our coach, call, our coach at Northeastern last year, he called me up, and you know we had some talks. And this is the only other team that gave me love. Um, and so sounds a little like Josh Allen I, here in Wyoming for the Bills, man. Wyoming was the only school that gave him any love. Are we looking at the next Josh Allen of the Buffalo Sabers? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. No pressure, saying, eh? No pressure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so anyways, he gave me a call and that call ended up to, to where we are today. But I think the best phone call I've ever made in my life is, is to Ritz. I called him. I was like, Ritz, guess what? And he's like, what? I was like, no, 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 guess what? He's like, what? what? I was like, guess what? Guess what? He's like, no, come on. Don't tell me. He's like, yeah, I'll tell you. And he's like, no way. And he knew. I didn't even tell him. I come into Northeastern, he just knew. 
And um, so it was, cool. that was probably one of the best phone calls of my life. It was really, really cool to be able to share that with him. Um, and yeah, that it's, is it's, awesome. I'm glad we're here together. Now, Cully, I know you have one more question. I got one last one as well, because you know, I just want to wrap this up, because I know Cully's got his tax. He's got to go file his taxes for big game goaltending. Hey, so, uh, a little tire training, the, training the next Devin Levi's of the world, right? Yeah, so, right. Um, no, quick, I wanted to give a quick shout out. Um, Ritzy, obviously, you played for him for a year. You know the quick family. Uh, your little brother, Dylan, uh, they're in the second period right now of the 18U USA National Champions. They're down one nothing to St. Louis, but they got time, and they have a great coach, a great staff. I uh, just wanted to give him a quick shout-out, a couple clicks to the boys for the Regals. Hopefully they can mount a comeback. Um, yeah, Kyle's a great friend of mine, just like you two. Uh, me and him played together growing up. I went the major junior route, um, ended up in Windsor. Kyle went to Salisbury and then to Brown, um, you know, similar to your guys' route or your, your route, Ritzy. Um, what was it like playing with, with, with Kyle and what kind of an impact did he have on your career? Yeah, he was uh, he was great with me. Um, going to prep school, like, I honestly had no clue what, like, the whole split season thing was at all. And I just got texts from him and some of his players and, like, just kept hounding me, hounding me. I'm like, who is this guy calling me, texting me? I'm like, what is this? And uh, he just – he wouldn't stop, like, asked me to play for his team. I was like, sure, like, whatever, I'll play for this team. I have no idea what split season hockey is at the time. And then as soon as, like, uh, I don't think he really knew who I was. He just knew I was going to Salisbury. And he was like, try it. let's get this kid, let's see what happens. And um, as time went on, it just it, it worked out. Like, Andre and I loved him after the first weekend. Like, this guy is, like, so animated, passionate about hockey, like, such a beauty, like, in the locker room. Like, always oh, just wants to, like, move guys on for uh to get to the college level and that's his main interest and uh helping the guys out and he, he honestly he helped me out too with uh northeastern talked to coach keith as well i think they have a relationship i think keith uh recruited him while he was at brown and um uh yeah he was just great for me i mean every time i'd come to buffalo for like states or uh play downs i'd stay at his house uh take care of his baby with him and all that like he was phenomenal to all the guys like helped me out uh, a ton and Gave us a great platform to expose myself to uh, colleges and scouts and stuff like that. So yeah, Kyle's a friend of the program, great friend of mine, Dwayne's, and we've we've been lucky to have him on recently. So um, you know, obviously he's he's the one that helped us get this whole thing in motion. So big big shout out to Quickie, and uh, we're pulling for his team right now, and your younger brother. So um, dad's the best. Dude. Dad's a great guy. Oh yeah, Mr. Coach Quick, Quick. coached me. Yeah. Love him. He, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have gotten to play in, at the level I did without Coach Quick and mm-hmm. without Kyle pushing each other. It, it's, it's hearing you two talk to each other reminds me of me and Kyle's relationship. I would have loved to have played with him at, at that level. It's ironic. He got drafted by Sarnia. I had a quick pit stop there and they're like, you know this guy, can you get him here? And he was already all set at Brown, but um, no, it, it, it's funny how the how small the hockey world can be at, at, at sometimes, right? Like, so um, I just wanted to say thanks to both of you and, and best of luck. I know Dwayne has another question, but uh, really appreciate both of your time, taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us here. And hopefully we can get you on again, both in the future. Uh, yeah, I got I just got a quick two-part question for, for both of you. Uh, well, uh, one for Ritzy and then, you know, at the end for, for uh, Dev over here. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Devin, you being a smaller goaltender, you know, I relate 
Cully can relate. Cully has an absolutely electric story from his combine wearing like 11 pairs of socks in his shoes to try and get an inch uh, when they were doing his measurements. And then uh, when they told him to take his shoes off, he had to go pretend he had to take a dump so he could take 11 pairs of socks off. <laughs> hey, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah. I was to get six foot. I was 5'10 or 5'10. 5'10 on a good day, right? Yeah. Where, 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 what are you right? What are you right now, Dove? I'm six foot. I'm done. Six foot, six foot on a good day. All right. Um, but uh, you know, who do you guys, if you're to you know pick anybody that you would model your games after, especially you, Devin, like who who is it? You know, again, us being smaller goaltenders, like you kind of. I, I remember watching a warm up video. Somebody posted like a video for your Snapchat, like something you were doing where you had your helmet on, you had tennis balls in the eye holes, and then somebody was throwing tennis balls at you using your peripherals. I like. I thought that was really dope. And I sent a video of my own of somebody at batting practice. They were throwing colored balls up in the air and he was telling his kid you know pink hit the pink ball yeah i saw that. hit the green balls like if that could be transitioned to like a goaltending drill that'd be amazing because i, I feel like they already have it in vr like that you, you see if you heard about the the vr yeah, it was it, it was awesome man it was awesome I use it all the time. yeah it's, like, it's, ooh, uh, it's crazy how these tools can be sorry Dwayne. go ahead wish we had them tully yeah well i don't think it would have made a difference with me i Not can't me but uh, you know, who do you guys model your games after? And then I have one last question for you, Devin, before we get out of here. Um, you know, who do you, who do you, you know, who did you look up to? Who do you, who would you model your game after? And you know, when you when you watch them play, you watch them. It's like you know, that's what I that's what I have to implement into my style in order to get to the next level. Okay, so yeah, I agree. So definitely miss. You're lagging again, bud. <laughs> You're lagging again. He's no idea. You're lagging no, again. So back. Back. He's back. It wasn't. The old boy's back. Give it one more shot. On the top again. Okay, are we good? Yeah, yeah we're, we're good. good. Okay. So there's definitely a misconception about um, height and goaltending. A lot of people think you have to be big to stop a puck. But, you know, like as you get older and the more you face better shots and you move your way up the ranks, guys are able to put the puck where they want to shoot. They're not, they're not going to hit you. Um, you're going to have to make a save. Um, you're going to have to read a guy. You're going to have to be able to track the puck. And you're going to have to have good feet to be able to get you to move and to recover on plays. So I think that um, being big isn't enough. It could help, but I think that as you get older, there's a lot of differentiating factors that you could bring to the table as a goalie other than being big. Like for me, for example, my whole life I've been a smaller guy. So I've been forced to have to have good hands, have to have really good feet and have to be able to read guys well and read plays well. So um, I've had to do that my whole life. And so now that um, – sorry? I say always knowing what's going on around you, even away from the puck. Well, you know, that's one thing, exactly. Devin. I don't mean to cut you off. Your ability to read the play, to put yourself positionally in a spot, not only to make the initial save, but for rebounds two, three, and four, or preventing those rebounds from ever happening by having active hands and a great stick. It's always kind of stuck out to me watching your game is your ability to read read the play at such an elite level. I don't think non-goalies realize 
the depths at which we go to not only read their their hips, their their arms, and, and their stick blade release point, right? Like there's so much that goes into it, and at a subconscious level from doing it over and over again. And I think it's a big reason behind your success is is your elite ability to not only track the play but to analyze it in real time and put yourself positionally in the best place possible to make that save. And it's only going to serve you well as your career goes forward. I can't wait to see what's next, not only for you, but for both of you. Um, And it's a great take. And I can't wait for the younger goalies to hear that answer because you can't teach size, but at the end of the day, you hit the nail on the head with your first sentence. No matter how big you can be, you get to a level where you're going to need to go out and make a save. The save is not going to come to you, right? You, you can have be a puck blocker all you want, but once you get to the top of the pyramid, you're going to need to be, I always say it, calm feet, active hands, read the play, white ice, and and just those little ABCs to, to get kids to realize, listen, you don't have any control over how much you grow unless you're going to inject HGH into your body, which I do not recommend. No, uh, but you just need to be able to, to, to deal with what you have and to see a goalie at your size be such an elite player. I'm so happy that you're now a part of the Sabres organization. So sorry to cut you off, Dwayne. I just wanted to get that in. What a uh, phenomenal uh, Devin had the best, is, the best example is UC Saros right now. Like He's 5'10", yeah. playing in the NHL, one of the best numbers in the NHL. And there's a stat on him that he's the, he's the goalie that gets hit most in the chest at 5'10". So that kind of shows you that him as a, as a goalie, he's been forced to work on his positioning his whole life. So now his positioning is better than all the other guys at his level. Um, and that's, he makes up for his size with great positioning. He understands his box. He's always square. And, you know, for him, he has a bit less um, – he's a bit less room to make mistakes than bigger guys. But the thing is about this guy is that he doesn't make mistakes. He's trained his wow. whole life to be perfectly positioned that he is automatically positioned on every single shot. So that's – I think, like, he's so consistent now because he'd, ha- he'd had to learn that from a young age. And I think yeah. that's why he's having so much success in the NHL right now. Uh, I'll finish it with this. Hold on, Dwayne. I've, I've had an interesting look, Devin, because Ben Vanderklok, Nashville Predators goalie coach and, and, and UC's goalie coach, um, you know, is a close friend of mine. He coached me back with the Niagara Ice Dogs. So he's kind of given me an inside look at, at what they – everything you've just talked about. And to see he, him be so proud of UC and his positioning to go back to the advanced analytics of how many pucks he's square on top of and, and his – you know, the smaller we are, the less room, the, the less room for air we have. You hit the nail on the head. Um, so Ben Vanderklok, give me kind of an inside look at, at what and how UC trains has been fascinating for me as a goalie coach. And it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting and ironic. You bring that up because he's one of the, if not the most dominant goalies in the game right now. Right. So awesome answer. Uh, like I said, I, I have to go. I appreciate both of you guys. I'll finish it off. Don't worry about a call. Appreciate you boys. Best of luck. Bring home it. Bring home the title next year and uh, hope to have you back on Ritzy and Devin. Thanks again, boys. I appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it.
but yeah, just uh, going piggybacking off what Kali just said, you know, I, I always say like 80% of shots always come from kind of like the outside perimeter. So you can really take size out of the equation just by really focusing on your fundamentals. I remember seeing what shot like during one, uh, when I was putting together kind of like your own little highlight reel to tease this episode, like, I mean, the guy was coming in off the half wall and you stuck straight outside your paint. You didn't move, give an inch and you forced him to kind of to take that shot and you ate it up. You know what I mean? It was a, again, it was a low event shot from the outside, but you didn't eat. And when you put yourself in those positions, size doesn't really matter, right? Like just have your gloves out in front of you, be out of your net, you know, you know, be square to the puck and you should be fine. And, you know, maybe in those situations where you do get below the circles, maybe where size could matter a little bit, but you know, as long as you stick to your fundamentals, like you said about Saros and yourself, like, you know, size doesn't always have to matter. Look at your box in front of you, like your, your chest, like at my height at least. Oh no. Like, I'm not getting beat over my truck has very little room to go on the net. If I play my box well, if I'm square. And a lot of bigger guys also have more holes in tight. Um, so it, it goes both ways. I don't think any um, anyone growing up, like any kids like watching this or just playing should be worried about size. I think, you know, like it's just one, it's like one equation. It's one factor in the equation. There's so many other factors that go into being a good goalie that Like I would just, if I were you guys, I'd focus on my basics, on being the best goalie I could be, maybe learning a bit about the mental game um, to get an edge on other guys. Um, so, yeah. We'll cut it to you, Ritzy. Now, you know, who who did you, who do you base your game off of? And, you know, who do you watch growing up or maybe even now that you, you look at their style of play and you try and implement that into your game? And then I have one last question for Devi, uh, Devin, uh, before we uh, – Get out of here. Dijon, De- Devon, Devin, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I think that Sidney Crosby is, like, the most perfect player, like, ever, like, ever existed. Like, I, everything about the way he plays is ridiculous to me. Um, but uh, honestly, as a kid, like, I was, like, one of those Crosby haters because I was, like, an old Vetchkin fan and all that. I used to be all over him and stuff like that. Now I hate myself looking back at it because – the way that guy plays the game and how much respect I have for the way he does everything is like through the roof. I think he's so good everywhere, all over the ice, in the corner, so strong, so smart, um, stuff like that. I'm not going to say I play like Sidney Crosby. It's just someone I always watch if I want to get better at the game. It's just the perfect guy. Um, I'd say if there's a player comp, uh, I'd try and say Ryan O'Reilly. I know it's a sore subject for Buffalo fans, but uh, I really like the way he plays. Really good on the face-off dot. Plays heavy up and down the ice. Can play any kind of role, and uh, that's just trying what I implement in my game. I appreciate that. I like. I I mean, who doesn't like watching Sidney Crosby play? He plays the same the game with such calmness, and just it is. It's literally perfection at best. I, I don't think I've seen a better. 200 foot player. I think the closest thing you maybe see is maybe a Patrice Bergeron, but like the guy just plays such an unbelievable 200 foot game. And, you know, yeah, I was one of those guys too. who used to shit on him because of the complaining and the whining and whatnot. But like, I appreciate what that guy's been through and the abuse he takes throughout his career. I, you know, as a, as a hockey fan, I watched what he's been through and you know, you get the concussions and just the beatings he takes to be the player he is. Yeah, I appreciate the guy he is. And, you know, who wouldn't want that guy even now on their team? 
it's lights out, man. The way he came into the league and like to where he is now, like he's just evolved, evolved, always worked on things that people said shot wasn't good enough, worked on his one timer, this, that. He always he always keeps developing, getting into the new style of game, and people say it's not his league anymore, and he's still way over a point per game, and his team's uh, looking to make another cup run. So I have so much respect for that guy. Uh, one last thing before we let you guys go, Devin. Obviously, uh, your season your season ended, um, and you know, you know, decisions. You know, you, you know, people are kind of asking around Buffalo. You know, what are your plans for next year? Um, obviously, there's a big question mark in that for Buffalo next year. And, you know, even in, even in Rochester, what, are, you know, what are your plans for next year? Um, if you can, if you can discuss that, uh, do you plan on going back to school to maybe have one last crack at a NCAA title and maybe even the, or the bean pot, or do you maybe plan, are you, are you considering maybe taking the pro route? Yeah. So I've talked with my Northeastern coaches. I've talked with Buffalo also. Um, I had a good talk with Kevin Adams yesterday. Um, and, you know, I'm still in the process of making my decision. There's pros and cons to to going both routes, and you know it's a it's a good uh, it's a good place it's a good opportunity um, to go, um, and um, you know Buffalo would be really cool. I think Northeastern would also be um, a good opportunity for me to be able to play in a bean pot and go try to beat the season that I had this year, and as a team try to do better and win a national championship. So you know there's pros and cons both ways, um, and. Oh no! Oh no! Make a family decision. Um, probably next few days. You're gonna be uh, so you. Uh, Did it work? Uh, you lagged a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> lagged at the worst possible time. <laughs> what what part did I lag? At? Uh, just start from uh, just start from the top where you ha- had the conversations with Kevin Adams. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I talked to uh, Kevin Adams the other day. Um, and the whole Buffalo organization. I also talked to my Northeastern coaches. And, you know, there's pros and cons to going back, and there's pros and cons to going to play in Buffalo. So I'm, re- I'm really excited. Um, I would love to get my career started in Buffalo. You know, it's such a great spot. Um, and I'm so happy that I got traded there. Um, there are also some a bit of unfinished business back at Northeastern that me and the boys would like to accomplish. And, you know, we're going to have a good team. And making a run for national championship would be cool. Um, I would love to to, to 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 sign and you know fulfill one of my childhood dreams. Also, so you know, there's a lot of a lot of questions that I'm asking myself, and I'm gonna make a family decision in the next few days, and um, we'll we'll run from there. Well, when you decide to make that decision, if you don't mind, maybe giving Dwayne a two goalies one like a call. Uh, we'd love to be the ones to break that 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 bombshell here in Buffalo for sure. Uh, but I, again, buddy, I appreciate it. You know, no matter what route you decide to take, bud, uh, you know, just know we're, we're extremely proud of you here in Buffalo. The season you had, I remember texting both you and Ritzy right, you know, right after you lost. Uh, you know, it was a heartbreaker for sure. You guys had nothing to nothing to be ashamed of. You guys played with a lot of with a ton of passion and pride, and uh, I, I paid attention a lot this season. Um, and you know, I, I extremely proud as not just as a Sabres fan, but as a Devin Levi fan and now a, uh, Justin Ritzy Ritzkoian fan. Um, I, uh, I can't wait to see what comes of your career, Justin, and to see what decisions you decide to make Devin. But again, I, I, I couldn't, uh, express more how, uh, grateful I am. You decided to join us tonight or today. Um, right now it's four, three, uh, in the Sabres Panthers game, Buffalo staging a little bit of a comeback. They were down four to one. 
Again, kind of uh, ironic that they're playing each other when we get you when we get you on, Devin. Uh, hopefully, Buffalo can uh, you know get another win here and keep that point streak alive. But I, yep. uh, again, I'm very grateful for you guys coming out with me. Appreciative, and I'm grateful for Kyle for helping me set this up. And um, hopefully, we can have you on again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. Right, guys, not a problem. This is episode 93 of Two Goalies, One Mike with Devin Levi and uh, Justin Ritzy Ritzkoyan from uh, Northeastern uh, University. Uh, thanks again, guys. And, uh, you know, we will be back with you next week. Hey, everybody. This is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwreckSports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.